I know we've been going through James, and we possibly will continue that, but I felt like it was time. It, the Lord had a detour this morning. Is that okay? And that he wants to speak to our hearts and, and comfort us, because his comfort is what we need. Amen? In every day, in every season, he's our comforter, as, as Pastor Carolyn shared. He's a God of all comfort. But I read to you a story by Robert Louis Stevenson this morning. He tells of a storm that caught a vessel off a rocky coast and threatened to drive it and its passengers to destruction. In the midst of the terror, one daring man, contrary to orders, went, went to the deck, made a dangerous passage to the pilot house, and saw the steerman at his post, holding the wheel unwaveringly, and inch by inch, turning the ship out once more to sea. The pilot saw the watcher and smiled. Then the daring passenger went below and gave out a note of cheer. I have seen the face of the pilot, and he smiled. All is well. All is well. So I want to remind us this morning that Jesus is still at the wheel of the ship. Come on of our lives. We might feel at times as if circumstances in our lives have driven us off the course and things are hopeless, but we can trust his unwavering hold. Come on. His unwavering hold that he is working in all things for our good. Do you believe that church this morning? It's him working in all of everything we're going through for our good because God is good and he's turning our lives back in the direction of his purpose for us as we yield to his guidance amen you know I, I uh, I'm going to acknowledge this morning that I'm on fumes because sometimes grief does that to you it's a reality but grief is an expression of our love and uh, so I'm, I'm just going to, by the grace of God, try to share with you what the Lord has put in my heart. And if it goes well, it's his doing. Come on. If it doesn't go well, consider the messenger, all right? But I, I, I know that his grace is sufficient for us, no matter what we face. But isn't it amazing that all, all it takes is one look at his face to provide the assurance we need in the storms of life. Those who have pressed through into his presence and seen his face are able to encourage others who are discouraged. You see, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that blessed be the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we may comfort others with the same comfort with which we've been comforted. Come on. You see, I've got nothing to give except that he has comforted me first. And it's in his presence that we experience that. And when we see his face, and we, it all just comes into alignment and perspective. And so, whatever you're facing this morning, grief or trials or tribulations or troubles, because these are the times we're living in, come on. God wants to, you to see his smile.
If I could give a title to this message, it's a comforting perspective. A comforting perspective. And he wants to comfort us by bringing us back into right perspective on things in our lives. And so Isaiah 51, before I start, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, it is life to us. It is life to us. Holy Spirit, would you breathe afresh on these words, Lord, in our hearts. Lord, we want to receive the word implanted with humility, Lord. Your grace imparted to us, God. Your life imparted to us this morning, Jesus. Because your word is alive, it's living, it's active, it's powerful, Lord. And it divides asunder the soul and the spirit and reveals to us the thoughts and intentions of our heart. We thank you this morning that at the entrance of your word, you bring light into our dark situations, oh God. Speak afresh to us. We incline our ears to you, Father. And we thank you in Jesus' name. He says, listen to me. And in three times in this passage that we're going to go through this morning, he says, listen to me, pay attention to me. So we need to listen up because he's got some words of encouragement to us. You who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord. Is there anyone in the house who fits that description this morning? Look to the rock from which you were honed and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who gave birth to you in pain. When he was but one, I called him, then I blessed him, and I multiplied him. I called him, I blessed him, I multiplied him. So the prophet is giving this message to those who were the exiles in Babylon, God's people, they're in a discouraging situation. They've been evicted from their land, they, from God's land. They've, been, they've lost so much. They're, they've experienced destruction and death, and they've experienced this exile. Everything's different, and there's hopelessness that they're dealing with and they're facing. And to him... To them who are pursuing righteousness and seeking the Lord, he brings this word of encouragement. He's just gotten done speaking to unbelievers who the prophet describes as those who have kindled a flame in their pride and self-sufficiency against the Lord and as a result will be consumed by that flame. I want you to know this morning that in these times we're in, the contrast is increasing between light and darkness. The contrast is increasing and that middle ground is going away. Come on, somebody. God's bringing clarity to our lives and he's dealing with things as Pastor Sam shared last week. But it's all to bring us to that place of clarity and, 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 and to bring us into that place of clean, cleanliness and pursuit of righteousness. You know, in contrast to that, God's people who are those who are actively pursuing righteousness it's a pursuit of our lives that he, he there's imputed righteousness that we get when we receive him by faith come on somebody but then he puts in us a desire for righteousness to live righteously before him we don't want to do the things we used to do we want to pursue righteousness with all that's in us and we want to seek him he says seek the lord while he may be found 
If anyone seeks him, he must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Somebody say he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that's our pursuit. That's our seeking this morning. And to those he speaks to and he says, you know, how many know that if you're going to pursue righteousness in this world, life's not going to be comfortable Life's not going to be comfortable because you are going against the very currents of this world. You're going against the God of this age. The thoughts that are trying to conform us to the world. You're going upstream, if you will. If you've ever been down to the Ballard Locks, it's pretty amazing when the salmon are migrating and, and you can go down in those windows and see them. They're jumping up against the current. And it's a picture of the Christian life that we are going upstream, amen? We're going against the force and current of this world. And when you are, it's not comfortable. All who desire to live godly will be persecuted. So there's, there's a price to pursuing righteousness, but there's a comfort that God gives in the midst of it. So they may have been tempted, you know, confronted by tragedy, disappointment, and discouragement to you know, is all this pursuing and, and is all this seeking worth it? I mean, look at the outcome. Look at the results. We're, we're down and we're out. I saw this going differently. Has anyone had that happen in your life, right? I, I, I saw a plan, but then this has turned out differently than I, I thought it would go. And that's the way life is sometimes. In this life, we have trials. We have tribulations. We face these things, but... God's faithful in the midst of it all. Righteousness and justice here are interchangeable. The reality is that those who pursue justice are prone to getting discouraged when we see the injustice in our world. This word is for them. In the Beatitudes, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. There's a, a reward, there's a, there's a pursuit. There's a reward to the pursuit, I should say. But in trying times, when hard things come, it's, we can begin to lose hope. And hope is defined as that positive expectation of the future. That positive expectation, you see the clouds of discouragement and despair can come over us and we can lose that. And that's why David in Psalm 27 said this. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. I would have despaired and lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on. So in the midst of what we're experiencing and all we're going through, We have to continue to trust in and believe in God's goodness because He remains the same. He's still good. There's still a positive outcome for our life. Come on. We win in the end either way. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. Come on. We we win. Aren't you glad to be on the winning team? Praise God. One of the things I want, the first thing, First things I want, one of the first points I want to make this morning that he's sharing here is he says, look back. Look back. Look to the rock. Look to the quarry from which, where you came. And 
This is significant to these Israelites because following the judgment and exile, they may have looked at themselves as too small in numbers to fulfill, to inherit and to fulfill the promises of God over them as a nation. They might have given up hope in all of that. But God reminds them of their small beginnings. God works in small beginnings. God works in small beginnings. Unlikely people, unlikely places. That's where, you know what, he chooses the, he chooses the um, foolish things of this world. He chooses, yeah, that's our resume, come on. He's chosen us. Not many noble, not many mighty, you know. That's, that's how he describes us. But he chose this man, Abraham, and Sarah, and they, they brought birth to this nation. There was promises over this nation. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we see that. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all, somebody say all, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Here's the irony. One of the, scholar, one of the commentaries I was reading about, they said, it's likely that the exiles were in the same geographical area, Mesopotamia, as Abraham was called out of. And now they are being called out of it, back to the place. God reminding them, I'm going to bring you back. And it's going to be better than before. Come on. And for us as the church, we also look back. We look back to a moment that Peter had with Jesus. And Jesus is asking him in Matthew 16, says, Who do they say that I am? And they say, Some Elijah, some this, some that, prophet. Right? They say, but who do you say that I am? You are Christ, the Son of the living God. You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus says to him, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Can we talk about who had this revelation? Peter? Right? Peter, who was presumptuous at times, who was who doubted, who had all his misgivings at times, but he was a man of faith. He also had many positives. He's the one who got out of the boat. Peter was who had this revelation. Come on. And he says to you, I say to you that you are Peter. He gets a name change, and that word is rock. And upon this rock, that is the revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, hells, will not prevail against it. But sometimes you can look at the state of the church in Western culture or in the world today and you go, really, is that happening? But the promise remains the same. Small beginnings. But we look back to the rock. We look to the rock of our salvation. In 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 2 Verses 4 and 5, he says, And coming to him as the living stone. Come on. 
which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, there's, there's power in looking back. There's, there's a looking back in faith. And for the, when they looked back to the rock, they were reminded of God's greatness to make something great out of something insignificant. Doesn't God do that? He takes a small meal of a few fish and some bread and he feeds thousands. Come on. And that's what he does with our lives. He takes us. We offer ourselves to him. He blesses us just like he blessed that bread and he breaks it and then he offers it to others for nourishment. He takes our little, we go to God, we go, what do we have? And he says, you just give me what you have. I just need your availability. Come on. And we give ourselves just as Abraham obeyed and left his family and everything. Just as Jesus started with 12 disciples that led to 120 in the upper room that led to the birthing of the church. I love that we sang that song this morning. I almost called you and requested it, but you had it. The Holy Spirit had it. Last night I was saying, please sing that song. Man, God's so good. God can take one life fully submitted and surrendered to him and use it to touch many. We look back at Abraham's legacy. When they look back, they could see that though they were small in number and discouraged, God could still turn things around. God could still make something great of that remnant of his people who still sought him and pursued righteousness. When we look back, we see God's dealings in our life. You know, we were like rough stones that he pulled from the quarry. Come on. But he shapes us. He chips off this stuff that doesn't belong, and he begins to deal with us, right? Anybody been dealt with by God? I hope so, because if you're a son or a daughter, the Bible says he disciplines those whom he loves. Amen? I'm glad he didn't leave me the same. I'm glad he's dealing with me. I'm glad he's shaping my life. I'm glad that he has a place for me in his spiritual house. Come on. So looking back has power and we see his mercy and grace. See, Israel had come through everything, delivered out of the slavery of the Egyptians, and Pharaoh's army drowned, and through the wilderness, they're reminded of God's mercy and his grace and his dealings with them in the wilderness, and that he still brought forth a generation who would go into the promised land and receive the promise. You see, when the promise looks that God's made in your life looks unachievable or it can't happen you look back and you see his promises fulfilled in past seasons come on God's mercy and his grace we see in looking back we see the power of faith Abraham believed God's promise over his life even though his natural circumstances told him otherwise I love this in Romans 4 18 through 21 one of my favorite passages on faith he says in hope Against hope, he believed. In hope against hope. 
so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. And I want you to see verse 19. Because without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Look, Abraham, or Abraham did not deny reality. All right? Faith is not a denial of reality. It's an embracing of God's promises in his word. And let me explain something. Abraham didn't just do nothing. Come on, you know, there was, there was some magic that had to happen between the two of them for this to take place. Come on. Magic's probably the wrong word. But. Sorry. Holy, yes. Passionate, yes. They had to passionately be obedient to God's word. Nothing makes my kids more awkward than when I say, hey, I re- we really enjoyed making you. I'm not going to even look that direction. I'm sorry. I'm going to owe big money for that one. Verse 20, yet with respect to the promise. Okay, now he looked at contemplated his own body now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb yet with respect to the promise of God he did not waver in unbelief but grew strong somebody say grew strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised <laughs> are you fully assured this morning that what God had promised he was also Able also to perform. Somebody said, we do the difficult, he does the impossible. Moving on in Isaiah 51.3, says, Indeed, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. Who feel this this morning. And her wilderness, he will make like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. I want to see this joy. I mean, to this despairing remnant in exile. He says, joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and a sound of melody. I thought we would be shouting over that one, but... How many know we can have joy in the midst of sorrow? We can have thanksgiving and gladness and a sound of melody and praise and worship. Oh. Number two, we look to his promises. And what a promise to Zion. We are are Zion this morning. We're part of his, we are his church. We are his people. We're the people of God. As As Israel was, we are together with them, grafted together, one in the Lord. Come on, the wall of separation has been removed. We are His people. He says He will be He will. We will be comforted. He is the God of all comfort. He knows our afflictions. He's a present help in trouble. He's near to the brokenhearted. But. Be clear, as I said earlier, he's the God of all comfort, not 
the God of the comfortable. You see, when we're suffering, we're going through things, we just want to make things comfortable. But he wants to comfort us. I don't know where your comfortable place is. Maybe it's that couch like this, just zoning out. A bunch of men said, amen. But it's in his presence that we find true comfort. He, better yet, he has given us the comforter, the Holy Spirit. We don't have to do this thing alone. He is ever with us. He comes, he's the paracletos. He comes alongside us, and he surrounds us with his love, his encouragement, his consolations. Come on. We're never alone. He's so near to us in these moments like these, like we're experiencing this week. He wraps his everlasting loving arms around us. There are wounds that some endure in this life that no comfort of man can cure. Southern comfort won't drown it. No drug can heal it. No amount of human counsel can bind it. But he is the one who binds up the brokenhearted. And he heals those waste places that are beyond human reach. Come on. You see, he says he'll make the wilderness like Eden. He'll make the wilderness like Eden. It's a promise of what is to come in his kingdom, but it's also a promise of what we can experience now as he comes into our life. It's a place of beauty and it's a place of fertility as Sarah gave birth to Isaac after a long period of barrenness. You know, that promise came when they were 75. It was 25 years before they would see the fulfillment of it. I'm on, if we're being honest this morning, we would have given up a long time before that. But he grew stronger over that time. In the waiting, he grew stronger. He endured. That's why we've been in James, counted all joy when you encounter various trials because in that there's an endurance that God's building in us. He's producing something in us. Just as she went through this period of barrenness, so Zion will be surrounded by a joyous multitude of children after a long period of desolation. That was the promise. And that is the promise, I believe, this morning for us as the church. There's going to be a multitude coming in. I said there's going to be a multitude coming in. There's, we're coming in. This is, this is a picture of revival. This is a picture of renewal. This is a picture of God bringing to life those things that were dead. Only he can transform our barren, broken lives into something beautiful and fruitful. That's what he's doing. The waste places are those places of devastation and pain. The Lord is saying he will comfort those places. Look to my promise. The wilderness. It's our place of wondering and our place of testing but the Lord says he'll make it like Eden. It'll be a place of communion. It'll be a place of provision. Come on. Everything they needed was in Eden. Yeah. 
Can I just say this? If you're questioning God in all the midst of what you're going through, let me, under, let me help you understand God's true intent. It was seen in Eden. His purpose for us to walk in fellowship with Him. No sorrow, no sadness. Come on. No sickness, no pain. That's, that's what they had. Sin broke it all. Then he says, look to his promise. The desert is the places of dryness. Come on, we've been through seasons in our lives spiritually where we felt drier. Like, Lord, where are you? Like David cried in Psalm 63, he said, in a dry and weary land without water, I thirst for you, God. I thirst for you. But he says he'll make that place like the garden of the Lord. A place where he's refreshing us, nourishing us in his word. Some of you may be here this morning in a dry place spiritually saying, I, I just feel far from the Lord. I've, I, I just don't feel like I, His presence like I used to. But God's saying, I'm bringing your desert, your place of dryness. I'm making it like the garden of the Lord. Look to my promise. And we go on in Isaiah 51. In verse 4, He says, Pay attention to me, O my people, and give ear to me, O my nation. For a law will go forth from me, and I will set my justice for a light of the peoples. Whoo, come on. Those pursuing righteousness, this was good news to their ears. It's good news to our ears this morning. My righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth, and my arms will judge the peoples. This coastlands will wait for me, and for my arm they will wait expectantly. We read that this morning in Isaiah 53. His arm represents his power. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? We wait for his power. We wait, but his his gospel is going forth. It's partially being fulfilled now. The law of liberty being proclaimed. Come on, to the nations. Jesus, the light of the world, his salvation being proclaimed. And we go on in Isaiah 51, 6. On verse 6 it says, Lift up your eyes to the sky, then look to the earth beneath, for the sky will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not wane. Woo! Listen to me. Here it is the third time in this passage. You who know righteousness, a people in whose heart is my law, do not fear the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them like a garment, and the grub will eat them like wool. Yeah, some of you just said in your heart, that's not happening fast enough. We'll have the altar call here early. Okay. But my righteousness will be forever and my salvation to all generations. The third look is to look around. Lift up your eyes. You see, we look up to the skies and we look down to the earth. 
And we look around at those who revile us. We look at all this. And he invites us to embrace a heavenly perspective on circumstances in our life. We're challenged to look around and see that this is all passing away in its form, the Bible says. Look at Psalm 102. Just to get perspective, he says, Old, you founded the earth. Psalm 102, verses 25 and 26. He says, Of old you founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, but you endure. And all of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they will be changed. Peter said it'll all be, in in, in 2 Peter chapter 2, it'll all be burned up. Or chapter 3, I should say. It'll all be consumed, the firmament, everything. Yes, I believe in global warming. Global inferno, more like it. It's coming. But why is it important to us? Because we can just get wrong perspective on things, just focused on things on the earth. And he's saying, look at things above. Look at how what's eternal, what matters. And I love what Paul said. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. Let's just put this in perspective. He says, for momentary light affliction. Come on. Momentary light affliction. That's how Paul describes what he's been going through. After describing beatings and and, and imprisonments and and everything, near-death experiences. He says it's momentary light. That's perspective, people. That's always, you know, I'm going through something and I have to go, okay. I'm not going through what Paul went through. Thank you, Jesus. But he, he says it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Wow. And he goes on and says, while we look not at the things that are seen, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Come on. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, the perspective determines whether it's just some trouble you went through or whether it produces a weight of glory. A weight of glory. You see, the world goes through stuff, and they just go through stuff. And they might learn from it, right? They may talk about the power of adversity. Some might get bitter. Some might get better through it. But, hey, we get glory. We get glory. When we go through life with the eternal perspective of, hey, this is all fading away. This is all passing away. Life is like grass. Here today, gone tomorrow. It's just, it's fleeting But his word, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will endure forever. There's things that endure forever. Praise God. Look around. Look around. And finally, look forward. Because he says, my righteousness will be forever. And my salvation to all generations. 
Because we can't just look back, but we have to look ahead. Because he's coming again, church. And he's coming not to remodel the earth, but to bring a whole new heaven and earth. Come on. And it'll be the light of his glory will light the world. His law will go forth. Can you see this? Don't just read about it. It's a reality for the saints. It's something we need to keep in front of us because John says this, those who have this hope purify themselves. That time is nearer today than it was yesterday. And we know the signs are beginning to come into place. Birth pangs are happening. He's coming back. He's returning in glory. And you as a believer in him will rise up with him. Come on. Look forward. And I love that he says my salvation is to generations because we don't just look forward to his coming, but we look forward to the generations to come who need to hear the testimony of God's greatness. Come on. I'm reminded of an experience. Everett Lewis, my grandpa, a man who trusted God, who gave his life to Jesus in the midst of World War II, He was there and a grenade had gone off. I hope I'm getting the story right. He'd been hit with shrapnel and he was there. Potentially could have died. But he said, Lord, if you save me, I'll serve you. And oddly enough, he said, and I'll tithe. (laughs) He was serious. And he did. And he did. And when he passed away, we were at his memorial service. And the pastor doing the service brought out his big Bible. I mean, it was big. Come on, Grandpa's Bible. But it wasn't just a big Bible. It was a used Bible. And he shared the testimony of my grandpa in the great charismatic renewal that took place and how God had used him. He was instrumental in his community in ministering that. And and then he looked at my uncle and I was sitting directly behind my uncle and he passed. He goes, this is now yours. And as he passed that to my uncle, I will never forget the tangible power of God that hit that room. The legacy of faith going from one generation to the next. We look forward to his return, but we look forward to the generations to come who, just like Abraham, just like him, we need to be faithful because there'll be many coming from us. Come on. He'll take the one and he'll make many. Can we stand to our feet this morning as we close? Oh, Jesus.
Lord, this morning we look back to the rock from which we were hewn. You are the rock of our salvation. Oh, mighty God. Lord, this morning we, your church, reflect on our beginning. That out of few, many came many, Lord. Just as out of Abraham came many as the sands of the sea. So shall his descendants be. We know that things may seem or appear like the church is in decline, but we thank you this morning that you have a plan for your church. We thank you, Lord, that the greatest days are still ahead, Lord. That in this hour, Lord, of testing, this hour, Lord, where you're dealing with us. That you're bringing forth a bride to be spotless, Lord. We look back, we're reminded of your faithfulness. We look back and we're reminded of the power of faith to believe in spite of circumstances, in spite of what we see, that we would walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, how critical, Lord, it is for us in this time and this hour we are in, find ourselves in. Father, we thank you. We look to your promises this morning that you will comfort Zion. And we are a people who are in desperate need of your comfort. That you will comfort the waste places that you will cause the wilderness to be like Eden, Lord, the desert to be like the garden of the Lord. Or there's many of us here this morning who have waste places in our life, places of devastation, places of pain, places of hurt. Oh God, I thank you, Lord, that you're comforting the waste places this morning, even those online who are watching this message right now, God. You're able to comfort the waste places. To reach to the places that no one else can, oh Lord, only by your Holy Spirit, the great comforter. And we look around and we see all this is passing away and we ask, Lord, this morning you would give us eternal perspective. That we would be heavenly minded but earthly good, Lord, that we would be those who would carry your glory, Lord. That we would view everything we face and every trial and every challenge as an opportunity of, and the afflictions that we face in this life, Lord, as an opportunity for the weight of your glory to increase in our lives. 